You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Back to the same old place, sweet home, Chicago. Welcome back, Bears fans. Another edition of Bears Nation podcast. We have a preview episode right now previewing the Monday night football game, Chicago Bears versus Los Angeles Rams. Your Bears are, of course, 5-1 and one versus the Rams, who are 4-2. and two. Big game, big playoff implications, big prove-it game for the Bears. I guess every game has been because there's been such a weird team, but lots to break down. Aaron Donald versus Cleo Mack, Nick Foles versus Jared Goff, so on. So fourth, so we'll get right into it. But first, welcome in my co-hosts, Kevin Lapka and Chris Nano. Boys, lots to talk about today. Yeah, very much to talk about. Um, you know, you mentioned this is one of the bigger tests. You know, week after week, they're going to keep getting these tests as this next three-game stretch is, you know, it's going to say a lot about this team and who they are. And it starts on Monday night against the Rams. And, you know, for people who like offensive firepower, you're not going to get that on Monday night, unfortunately. You got Khalil Mack versus Aaron Donald. Um, you know, the last time these two teams played, it was probably the worst game I've ever seen. You guys remember that game from last year. And then the year before, there was a great game for the Bears. Not so much for the Rams. I think the Bears had like five turnovers that game, or takeaways rather, uh, another low-scoring game. So I'm, I'm expecting a low-scoring game here on Monday night. But, you know, that plays right into the Bears' hands. I mean, you know, they cannot win an offensive shootout. If it's a defensive battle, it's likely that they'll come out on top. Uh, Los Angeles coming off of a loss, Bears coming off of a win. Always have that. It's always good to have the momentum. So um, I'm, I'm excited, man. It's a huge test uh, against one of the, again, you know, pretty much for the third straight week, a, a pretty okay, solid, you know, better defensive team than the Panthers, but uh, right around there with the Buccaneers as far as that front seven. So um, good test, and, you know, it, it plays in the Bears' favor. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think this is going to be the first time that I've said this all year. Um, but I'm actually not too worried heading into this game. Like, I'm pretty damn confident for some odd reason. Um, I I just do, I, I don't view the Rams as, you know, this powerhouse that, that people talk about them as. Um, I, I think they have some weapons, of course. And, you know, Aaron Donald is there. So, I mean, that's obviously something you can't just look over. But, um, you know, just the way... Just the, the makeup of the Rams doesn't really scare me because I feel like we match up with them pretty well. Um, and even last year, if you remember that game, like they just kept handing us like, like we had so many opportunities to win that game and we just couldn't. Um, so, you know, it's and it wasn't due to them being dominant, in my opinion, at all. It was just us shooting ourselves in the foot. So, <laughs> um, you know, I think we're just a completely better team than they are um, from top to bottom. Um, but, you know, it, once. You know, once that offense fully gets going, I feel like it's it's very fair to say that you're confident in the Bears. And I know I probably sound crazy saying I'm confident in the Bears right now, but I just have a very good feeling about this game. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm ready for it, man. Prime time. Let's do it. Yeah. So just for a little bit of general background for the Rams, they're four and two. But the teams they've beaten, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Giants and the Washington football team. Not exactly the cream of the crop competition-wise there. Say what you – I mean, they beat the Cowboys in week one. You know, that was when the Cowboys were at full strength. The idea, sure, you might want to give them that. But, I mean, the Eagles, the Rams in Washington, 
I mean, those are not good teams. Those are straight up not good teams. Meanwhile, they've lost to the Bills and they've lost to the 49ers. The 49, they just lost to a 49ers team, which is decimated by injuries, which has not been playing well, and they lost 24 to 16. And it wasn't really particularly close. I think the box score tells a little bit different story than it does if you had watched the game. So this Rams team is not the Rams team that went to the Super Bowl. This isn't even the Rams team that went that was last year's Rams team. This is a team that has changed a lot. Um, yes, Aaron Donald is still there. Yes, Jalen Ramsey is still there. Those are still two very good players. Old friend Leonard Floyd is there. But, I mean, this isn't the height of, you know, Jared Goff just fresh off his contract extension. This isn't Todd Gurley in his prime, who actually Todd Gurley has been playing very well this year. But, you know, this is a different team. So this is a very beatable team. And with the offense that you've been displaying, which is to say a competent one, an offense that can actually sometimes score points, uh, you should be able to beat this team because I think, yeah, they have Aaron Donald, but I think overall this defense is better, and I think your offense is at least on par. Well, last week was the Mike Davis revenge game, so this week has to be the Leonard Floyd revenge game. That, that's all it is. Uh, this is the Leonard Floyd revenge game. He's going to put up eight sacks, and he's going to terrorize the Bears' offense all day. Um, it's exactly what everyone should be expecting from this game. <laughs> and based off of the narrative from last week, that's what I would imagine people would say uh, about this week. But it is funny that you bring up their strength of schedule because, you know, even though it's week six and the Bears are five and one, you still consistently are seeing people say, well, you know, they haven't had that statement win or they, you know, they haven't played very good teams. But that conversation, I don't see uh, the same kind of things being said about the Rams. Now, what's the spread on this game? I think, Chris, you said it on the recap. It's it's six. I mean, and that's where yep. it's like, you know, you, you just brought up the teams that they beat. OK, not very impressive. The Bears, I think, are third in the NFC in strength of teams that they've beaten. So I don't understand where that narr- how that narrative is still coming in about you know what the headlines are saying Bears worst five and one team of all time and fraudulent and all this and that so um, but like like we consistently talk about it's that underdog mentality that plays in their favor so you know maybe I'm glad that they're you know underdogs by six points because it's something you can put up in house hall uh, you put up there on the board uh, that Khalil Mack can walk by every day and get motivated so I, you know I'm not too worried about that it's just that narrative continues to be misconstrued for whatever reason. Um, but no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm comfortable with this game, like Chris said, and it's, it's different because last year you think about, you know, the time and place where the bears played the Rams last year. I mean, it was a, a situation where it was a must win game last year entering that game. Uh, it was a prime time game as well. Uh, but it was a must win in this case, you know, you're five and one, you have a little bit of comfort, even if you do lose, which I don't think they will, um, you know, you're not killing yourself at five and two. Um, so, you know, the bears don't have to feel a lot of pressure here on Monday night and, and feel like they're up against a lot. Uh, to get a win. Yeah, and, you know, that narrative about the Bears not playing, you know, anybody good or or whatever, let me tell you why that exists. That exists because heading into the year, you had people um, predicting the Bears would win only three games all year. And the fact that they've already surpassed that, a lot of people are angry that they're wrong. That's what it is. A lot of people are angry yep. at, that they're wrong and they're just going to double down. That's how media works. That's just how it is. That's that's what they like to do. They're they're mad at the Bears because they were stupid enough to predict them to win three games. That's it sounds stupid, but that's the God honest truth. And it happens all the time. Like, you know, it, just how silly, like just looking back at, at those at those predictions, those record predictions, um, I don't remember. Was it USA Today that had us going like three and thirteen, or it might have been CBS. Yep. I, I don't USA remember, today. but it's just it, it's just it, that narrative is just so 
stupid. Like, I'm, I mean, how, how, like no other team has gotten this type of, oh, yeah, they haven't beaten anyone good. Everyone else gets their props. Everyone else gets their, you know, their flowers, if you will. Um, and, you know, when it comes to the Bears, it's just we haven't played anyone good. And I just don't get that. I do not get that. Um, and in my head, the Rams aren't even like the Rams wouldn't be that team to 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 for people to be like, oh, like, you know, if the, if the Bears win this game, they're not going to be like, oh, OK, the Bears are legit. People are going to say if the Bears win this game, people are going to say the Rams are fraud and they haven't beaten anyone outside of the NFC East. That's exactly what's going to go mm-hmm. down. But um, let's get into this. Let's get into this preview a little bit. So the Rams, like you look at that offense, um, I, I just there's no one that really scares me. Who scares you on the Rams? I mean, Robert Woods is a good wide receiver. Cooper Cup is a good wide receiver. Um, I'm not scared of Darrell Henderson, Cam Akers, mm-hmm. or Malcolm Brown. Um, Gerald Everett, eh. Like, it, the, Jared Goff, eh. Like, it's just, that team is just very mediocre, in my opinion. The, their defense, on the other hand, I think is pretty damn good, though. Um, so, you know, we're going to have our work cut out for us there, but... Um, you know, I, I actually can see a repeat of the 2018 game, um, you know, f- for the Bears defense, you know, being as dominant as it was in, in that game. Yeah. And just real quick, I want to circle back to Chris, a point you made about that's media and people are going to be mad that they were wrong. It's also that they're going to keep picking the Bears loose because that's going to be the narrative of, oh, well, they're going to yeah, even out. eventually. <laughs> they're going to be they're going to even out eventually. And then people hop on that bandwagon. Like, yeah. Because even then, you know, there's going to be people who said like six or seven wins who are like, oh, well, those those yeah. losses got to come eventually. And uh, the thing is, the Bears haven't beaten people. They snapped a Panthers three game win streak. They beat the Buccaneers, who everyone was thinking was the second coming of the Patriots dynasty. So, yeah, I mean, they've beaten people. It's just that they make those teams look bad. then, And that's just what this Bears team does. That's what this defense does at this point. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's just what it is. And. Uh, it's kind of like Carolina who scares you on that offense. Same thing with the Rams. Like, yeah, Robert Woods is good. And if they get going, they could be scary, but you could say that about almost any NFL offense. So, I mean, Chris just kind of took pilot uh, there of this preview for a little bit, but that was great. That was good analysis. Well done, sir. (laughs) Well, he's right because I'm almost at the point where unless Deandre Hopkins or, you know, really only Deandre Hopkins is like, if he's coming to town, I'm not worried about any receivers because our top two cornerbacks are top two in the league in completion percentage allowed. Jalen Johnson is two, Kyle Fuller ranks number one in the NFL. So you bring like, you know, bring them on, bring any wide receivers. I know Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are a great duo and whatnot, but bring anybody on uh, and Kyle Fuller and Jalen Johnson will handle them. And that's been proven throughout the year. So, you know, it doesn't matter who it is, who's coming in. You know, there's no one that really threatens that defense so much um, that, that you're really, truly worried about what an offense can do. Um, so that's encouraging. And you look at Jared Goff's career against the Bears. I mean, he's got five interceptions, a pass rating of like 44. Um, he's, he's 0-2, obviously. I think only like 350 total yards in the two games he's played against them. I mean, he's atrocious against the Bears. They have his number. They know how to figure out Jared Goff. They know how to beat him. Uh, they know how to play against him. And although the Rams got the win last year, like you guys mentioned, I mean, that was not a game where the Rams were, you know, in dominance. And quite frankly, the Bears had chances to 
shift that momentum with the turnovers that they got. It just came down to offensive execution. Um, so, you know, I, I'll do, I'll, although I do think this will be a low-scoring game, I mean, it, it's really going to come down to who's going to score in the red zone. Can the Bears convert up turnovers? Because I think the turnovers are really what's going to change the game here. Uh, I think it's almost at this point guaranteed the Bears will get at least one or two turnovers. So when you do get that turnover, like they did against Carolina, right off the bat, turn it into a touchdown. You know, give it to Cole Komet. Hey, maybe even give it to Artavis Pierce. Turn those turnovers into touchdowns. Get up early. And against any opponent, it's not going to be easy for them to come back on the Bears if you if that's the formula. Yeah, I mean, Jared Goff, I think he has... He has the tools of a good quarterback, if that makes sense. Like he, you know, he has the he, he can make the nice throws, um, this and that. But one thing about Jared Goff and there's there are a couple quarterbacks like this that, you know, we, we've talked about in the past. But, you know, if you put a little bit of pressure on Jared Goff, he absolutely exactly. shits himself like he it, it's bad with Jared Goff. Um, and, you know, I, I don't expect the Bears not to put pressure on him. I think they know that. Um, and I think they're going to come in there and, and, you know, get get to him. Um, so, you know, I, I'm I'm pretty confident in this game. Like I said, I, I you know, I, I really I, I don't know if it's me believing in the Bears um, completely or if it's me not believing in the Rams. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm pretty confident in this game. I, I, I think, um, you know, I, I really like uh, how we're looking heading into this. The thing is, too, is like, I mean, we've been saying this, we've been having this issue kind of with Mitchell Trubisky as well. Like, he can make the throws, but it's just consistency and when you put pressure on him. But also, with Jared Goff, you've seen it. The Bears have done it to him two times in a row now. So, I mean, might as well make it three, you know? Because, I mean, if anything, this defense is better than they were last year. And, I mean, especially because you add Jalen Johnson, they have Akeem Hicks back. Like, this, this team, this defense is pretty much better and so I think you're really going to have an opportunity here to expose the Rams offense, expose Sean McVay, and win a football game. Again, like we talked about against Carolina, you felt pretty confident for most of that game. I think you have an opportunity to do that again here. Yeah, I mean, this is by far the best defense the Rams will have seen. You know, they're not necessarily equipped for what's coming to town uh, on Monday night. So I, I, I think they should be a little bit worried about that. And I, I do think the primetime aspect plays into it as well. Uh, the Bears in their tenure under Matt Nagy have been pretty damn good in primetime, I would say. Uh, other than really, again, the plunder against the Rams last year and, you know, a few other instances. I mean, they are a good primetime team and they come ready to play. Uh, I would say they come ready to play more in primetime than they do in, the in, you know, a noon kickoff. And that's really important because we talk about the need for a hot start and that consistency and, you know, what happens when Khalil Mack is under the bright lights. I mean, he is like a, a totally different animal. And now he's going to be going up against Aaron Donald. And this whole week, there's been the comparisons of their two careers, who's the better player. You know, people are voting on Instagram and all this stuff. So he's motivated. He's ready to go. We already know he's one of the better primetime players in Bears history. Um, so I, I think, you know, the beast is going to be unleashed against the Los Angeles Rams. And and I don't know if they are equipped, that offensive line, uh, and if Jared Goff, is, as we've seen, is equipped to handle Khalil Mack off the edge. Um, so, you know, Jared Goff is a one-read quarterback. And Dan Orlovsky was actually on... Um, I think he was doing his ESPN thing. He did a video or whatever and was talking about Jared Goff and, you know, what they would do in practice was Sean McVay would actually get the scout team to run like 
plays where they would, you know, immediately take away the first read for Jared Goff to force him to get into that second, third read. Because, you know, once that first read closes up, you know, that's where his game uh, goes down quickly. He, he can't get to that second read. Uh, he's not the most intelligent player. There was all the reports after, you know, 2018 that he had to, you know, uh, what was it? McVay was calling the plays up until like two seconds left in the huddle and all this stuff. So you put pressure on Jared Goff, he's going to get flushed. He's going to throw the ball around and throw interceptions like he has against the Bears. Um, so, you know, when the bright, when, when, the, when the bright, when the lights are bright, when the lights are bright, Khalil Mack comes to play, the Bears come to play. Uh, and I think they'll be ready on Monday night in that brand new stadium. God, I can't wait to watch a game uh, in that stadium. I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel great for the Bears players that they get to play in that beautiful thing. Hopefully one day I'll be able to watch a game in that fantastic SoFi stadium. But, um, you know, I, I think I think they're ready for it on Monday night. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, primetime, you know, the defense, especially just in primetime, they're just a different beast. I don't know what it is. Um, you know, they make it impossible for opposing offenses um so i i expect nothing less here but um i do have a question uh for you guys kevin brought it up a little bit but um i do you guys really think this khalil mack aaron donald debate is should be a thing in terms um, of who's a better defensive player because i i mean because man i i really think i don't really think um, Khalil Mack is better than Aaron Donald. Like just being, I'm just being honest here. I, I don't think, I think Aaron Donald's, you know, stands alone at the top currently. Who do you think is more valuable to their team? I mean, I, this mean, is, I, I, I <laughs> it's, t- you know, I, I, I mean, I think you can definitely still make that argument for Donald. Yeah, you, you, you definitely can. I was just posing that same question because that, that's how oh, I evaluate this. That's you a know? better, that's definitely a better question. I would say, um, cause, uh, but, but to answer the question, do you think Mac is better than Donald? If you had to say, uh, I, 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 it's, 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 it's a hard question for me because, you know, I'll go to, you know, I'll go all day for Khalil Mack, but it's, you know, two defensive players he is for Aaron Donald. He's got more sex. He's got more pro bowls. Um, you know, right now he's the more dominant player. Um, but when, when Khalil Mack is, here's the way I'll phrase it. When Khalil, when Khalil Mack is playing at his best, you know, there's no one better than him. So I think if you look at their careers and you look at what they've done, sure, Aaron Donald's a better player. But, you know, when it comes to when they're play, when they're playing at their best, like when Khalil, like the first three games of Khalil Mack in 2018, there was no better player than him in those first three games. And he kind of declined a little bit. It's still an incredible year. But um, I, I, and, you know, in prime time, you know, that's when he's playing his best. So, you know, I'll also phrase it this way. I think Khalil Mack will be the better player on Monday night. And you can debate me on that. Um, but, but I think he'll be ready to go. And I, and I think, cause that's, you know, that's always, whenever these, these primetime games, Bears versus Rams, you know, what they always do, the pro, uh, the production crew always gets together the stats and they always compare those two players and they'll interview the two players and they'll do the little, you know, it's always the storyline when those two players yeah. get together. Um, but Jake, you know, y- your thoughts on Aaron Donald, uh, and all that. I think Donald's the better player, but I think Khalil Mack is more valuable to the Bears just because, I, when Khalil Mack got traded to the Bears, they became a playoff team. So, yeah. I, I mean, there was that immediate transformation. Expectations changed Fair. immediately when Khalil Mack arrived in Chicago. Um, but also, when you talk about who's better, who's more valuable, you split hairs. Like, you're splitting hairs here. This is, I mean, yeah. there really is no one correct answer. It changes week to week. You know, it, 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 every game yeah. it changes. So, 
Um, I mean, they're both exceptional players who are in the prime of their careers and who are some of the best to ever do it that we've seen. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of splitting hairs, but as of right now, yeah, Aaron Donald is better and Khalil Mack is more valuable. But, I mean, I'll take both of them either day. They're both fantastic players, obviously. So, yeah, I mean. Oh, oh yeah. If if Aaron Donald wanted, you know, to come over to Chicago, I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd welcome I'd welcome him. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but... I just I mean, wanted to know your guys' thoughts on that. No, I mean, it's a great question because obviously that's what everyone's asking. And I, I think, you know, I, I, I think it would be biased to say, you know, that I'm really thinking, but I think it would be biased to say Cleo Max is a better player. Um, you know, I think when you really look at it, but I will stand by the fact that when they're at their best, when, when they're at their best, Cleo Max could be just as good, if not better. Um, but, you know, I'll throw that question to you guys, the one I kind of posed to myself. Who are we going to who's going to be the better player on Monday night? We're talking about this game Monday um, Bears Rams that night. Who's going to be the better player on Monday or more, more impactful to the game uh, on Monday night? Donald or Mac? See, like, I, man, I'm, I, I'll, I'll save you, Chris, because I, I have an answer for this. That okay, I go ahead. Out. Go ahead. Um, I think Aaron Donald in the box score will be more impactful because he's really carrying most of the weight on that defense. He's dragging the sled there. So I think you'll look and you'll see, okay, wow, Aaron Donald had this many tackles and he had a couple sacks. You know, he really was a force out there. If Khalil Mack doesn't show up in the box score, as we've seen in previous weeks and previous seasons, it doesn't mean he wasn't there. It just means That's he true. garnered the attention that a Robert Quinn or an Eddie Jackson or an Akeem Hicks or a Bilal Nichols can get in there and create their own production. And that's because Cleo Mack is out here garnering so much attention on his own that it frees up space for other players. So I think on the first look on the, to the naked eye, you're going to say Aaron Donald, but overall impact on the game uh, from, you know, a levels standpoint will be Cleo Mack. Yeah. I, I think that's actually a very fair thing to say. Um, my only thing is I just feel like, like you, you guys can't tell me you're not a little bit worried about Aaron Donald against our. Oh, I'm worried. I'm extremely worried. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's man. Like I, I, I'm not really looking forward to that, but like you guys said, um, I think Khalil Mack will be absolutely impactful in this game. Um, I, I think he's, he's going to be the driving force. Uh, and I think he's going to be the guy mainly that's, you know, putting the pressure on Jared Goff. I feel like I could just see it right now. Um, you know, he's going to have one or two sacks and, and, you know, I think he's just going to be in his face all, all night. So, um, you know, I, I the way the way uh, Jake put it, I think, um, is, is the most accurate. All right. That being said, shall we get to our overs and unders? Let's do it. You got some right now for us, do Jake. It. You want to go first? Yeah, I'll go with one. Um, OK, so first one, uh, you know, the man of the hour, the talk of the town, Cole Komet over <laughs> oh under God. over under forty nine and a half percent of snaps. Oh, OK. He's going a snap question. Interesting. Oh, this is fun. Interesting. Um, I'm going to go under. I mean, I, I we haven't seen – what was it last week? Do you have last week's was, up? Because I, I don't. I believe 46-something. Yeah, I'm going to go under. I mean, we've actually been seeing a slight increase, but I don't think he's going to get to 49. Was it 49.5? I 49.5. Um, I, I don't think he's going to get – you know, 50% of the snaps. I just don't see that happening yet. Um, but maybe it was one of those things where, you know, it's a huge confidence boost. He had a great week of practice after scoring the touchdown. Uh, they feel like he's ready to go and ready to unleash him. I mean, I, I do think that's something that could happen. Um, you know, he, he, you know, I think he was a guy that we all knew maybe needed a little bit of development. We weren't ready to admit that he was going to come out and be a superstar from day one. Um, but now that he's got, you know, 
six games under his belt. He's got a touchdown. Uh, he's been out there. And by the way, that touchdown had a 19% chance of completion, according to Next Gen mm-hmm. Stats. He made it happen. Incredible throw and catch there. Uh, give Nick Foles some credit on that throw. He kind of threaded the needle there. But, you know, I, I do think it's those kind of plays that can just kind of light a spark. You know what I mean? Light a spark in a guy. Um, hell, you can show the coaches that, you know what, he's ready and he's doing it at the highest level right now. Um, so maybe there is a chance I'm going to go under, but I, I do think there is that underlying chance that it's kind of that, you know, unleash the beast mentality for him. Um, I'm actually going to go over pretty much for exactly what Kevin said. Um, I think that touchdown last week is going to do wonders for him. Um, and then I also remember Demetrius Harris dropped a ball last week or yeah, last mm-hmm. week it, it was one, right? Not two. He might've had two. I mean, I remember a big one on first down though. Or yeah. what about yeah. first down? I, I think, um, you know, Demetrius Harris obviously is just one drop. It happens, but you know, you know, the way Cole Kmet is trending and the way Demetrius Harris kind of trending, I can definitely see it. Um, so you know what? Give me the over, man. Give me that over. Um, okay. so I'm also going to go over, but it leads into my bold prediction. So I'm just going to stop there and say that I, I'm going over. Okay. All so right. he has a, a, a cool commit bold prediction is what, is what I'm hearing here. Huh? Yes, sir. He's riding the high of last week. Okay. Correct. Okay. Ride it, baby. Ride oh, it. Man. You got to ride it. Oh, um, I'll go. I'll, I'll do mine. Uh, so obviously Jared Goff has the most interceptions without a pass TD by any QB against the Bears in the Super Bowl era. Uh, not very good against the Bears. They're sitting in the room right now laughing, knowing they got Jared Goff's number. That's what I'm predicting. Um, so over under Jared Goff, 1.5 interceptions on Monday night. Over. Easy. He's an easy, easy over. over. <laughs> I think he will. I think he will. That over will hit by halftime. Oof. Yep. I'm not even surprised. I I could see it. I would. I you know I would almost stretch to 2.5. I was this close. Obviously you can't see me, but I'm doing you know this close to 2.5 because yeah. that's how bad he's been against the Bears. And once you get pressure on him, uh, you know it's like what did we say against Tom, about Tom Brady? And yeah, Tom Brady's 43 years old. But what I said against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers is kind of the same thing. Like you know you 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 know there is a chance that things can go very south very quickly for a guy like Jared Goff. You know mm-hmm. Khalil Mack puts him down a few times. He throws a few interceptions. Like, I don't feel like he's the most resilient player who's just going to, you know, be able to flush that away and come out in the fourth quarter and drop 21 on you to win the game. I just don't feel like he's that type of player uh, in this type of environment on primetime. He's only eight and six on primetime, not the greatest primetime player. Um, So, but Jake, your answer. Come on, you know what you want to say. You don't have to think about it. Well, the thing is, I I think he for sure gets one. Mm -hmm. I I think there's for sure one. Now Come it's on, just Jay. a matter of okay, you got consistent, bro. Eddie Jackson finally gets in the end zone. Come on, you've been saying it for six ah, weeks. Ah, that's true. Yeah, ah, come that's on. True. <laughs> come on, Jake. <laughs> call me. All right, I'll go over. I think yeah. I think they for <laughs> sure get go. one. And you know, it, yeah, I mean, they're gonna run into one of those like they had against Teddy Bridgewater, either deflects up in the air off someone or a late or a late game one where the Rams are trying to make something out of nothing and there's a mistake. So yeah, sure, I'll say two intercepts, interceptions. Sure. Come on, no tip, no tip ball predictions. That's boring. <laughs> Eddie Jackson house call or bust. That's what, that. That's what it is. Um, I, I, hey, I think this could be the week, bro. He's on Twitter all all week talking about man, these refs are screwing me over. Man, I should have you know all these touchdowns or whatnot. Um, it, it's only a matter of time. I, I think we know that. Well, it's really only a matter of whether Kyle Fuller will get a, uh, a flag or not. That that's the question. Fair. 
yeah. it's going to happen. It's will there be a flag thrown? It's now it's like, you know, th- th- sometimes when the flags get so bad in a game, a big play will happen. And I won't even like celebrate until I look down at the score thing yeah. at the bottom and see if there's a yellow flag marker oh, yeah. down there. You know, that like like 90 yard touchdown. All right. Is there a yellow flag marker? Once there, once that yellow thing doesn't come up. All right. Now we celebrate. Dude, <laughs> my, my, my uncle, man, I, it's funny you bring that up. My uncle has been like. He's done that since I was a little kid. Like every time I used to go to his house, he'd be like, he, like he would just say, just because the Bears have been screwed by flags for so long, yeah. like he he would always say like, no, no, like just mess with us. Like after a huge play, like oh no, guys, there's the flag. Like damn, like you know, just messing with us. And uh, that's just what your little thing reminded me of. So um, that leads me into my over under. Um, this is gonna be a very small number uh when i say it but just hear me out um 64 and a half uh receiving yards for Allen robinson over or under oh i think that's fair i think that's a fair number yeah, i mean this is, this is jalen ramsey man i mean this is one of the best in the game um uh, uh jake do you have an immediate answer because i might need a second to run this through my mind I'm going to go over because I think oh. Allen Robinson is going to be determined to give Jalen Ramsey the work and show that he's a true clear cut number one receiver, star receiver in this league. Um, so I think he's ready. I think he's, I think he's going to say, all right, you know what? Cause especially cause Allen Robinson is such a good route runner and he does have that speed where I think he can burn Jalen Ramsey. I think it's happened before in the past, either last year or the year before he got him pretty good. So I think Nick Foles with the anticipation, Nick Foles has that touch. Uh, I, I think over, I'm going to go over 64 and a half. I'll, um, I'll make a bigger prediction off of this. I'll go over. I think Allen Robinson is just from a pure, uh, uh, what am I trying to find? Like a pure grit standpoint, like he's not going to let anybody just dominate him. Like he's always going to be the dominating factor there. And and I think he's going to be ready to go. He knows what happened last year. Um, you know, he, he kind of got, I, I wouldn't say dominated. I don't want to say he got dominated last year, but Jalen Ramsey was the better player last year. Uh, that's fine. Jalen Ramsey is a great player. But this week, I mean, it's like, if you don't get that production from Allen Robinson, like where, what are you looking at for the offense? And that, that's kind of the scary reality. And when you have a player as valuable as him and that, you know, someone should tell it to Ryan Pace, you know, think of the reality of what happens when he doesn't perform and what the offense looks like when he doesn't perform. So as much as, you know, we're, we'll talk about the running game in a second, as important as that is, um, you know, Allen Robinson is your leading receiver. He leads the league in targets. He's the most targeted player in the NFL. Uh, he's like eighth in um, receiving yards. Like he's up there. And I, the, my bigger prediction was he goes over, scores a touchdown this week he gets the extension um you know you know pace is going to see okay you do it against the best in the game uh you lead your team to victory you really prove in this one that you are the mvp player on the team you are what's holding this offense uh together you're the glue to this offense and he gets the the contract extension i i really do think that it's imminent i think i think everyone gets the general sense that it's in a better place than it was um three weeks ago when mitch Trubisky was the quarterback um and, and i just have my reasons for believing that but uh, i think this could be the week Allen robinson has a great game against a great opponent and as a result of that gets you know a nice payday so bring out the brinks truck just like what jalen ramsey asked for uh in training camp of 2019 so <laughs> true <laughs> um uh. I, I wanted because Kevin, you did mention we got to talk about the running game, and this was my I, I had a second one. I don't know if you guys have two, but uh, over yeah. under forty and a half rushing yards for David Montgomery. Oh my God, that's so low. Um, but deserved. I, uh, but I know. A deserved, deserved number. I know it's just it's just shameful that that is the number, but it is deserved, and I'm gonna go over. 
um, I know, wow, some the fact that people are going to think that's going to a shock uh, or the fact that people may think I'm biased for saying over 40 and a half yards. Oh, that's, that's such a problem. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, like 40 rushing yards, man, that's like eight getting five yards eight times. Like, that's it. That's all you have to do. Like, yeah. that's really all you have to do. Um, the Rams are the 12th in the league in rushing yards per game defensively. They're not the greatest rush defense. They got a great front. Um, but, you know, I, I, what I'm this is all I ask for, guys. This is what I ask for. A rush of over 10 yards. That is all I ask for. We haven't seen a rush of over 10 yards in what feels like 10 years. I mean, it, it feels like yeah. so long since we've seen, like I said it last week, just, you know, go through a hole and don't let anyone touch you to the end zone. One time, please. I am foaming at the mouth. Like, the, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think the last time this has really happened. I mean, when is the last time a, ru- a running back from the Bears has scored a touchdown of over 50 yards? Can we, I mean, maybe, it, uh, I can't even think. I mean, I he, can't even he, think. He, he came. Montgomery came close. I feel like the one run that always sticks out to me is the, the one that he had Chargers run. Yes. Yeah. But he got, he, he got, got gassed at the end. And yeah, he gassed out at the end and, and just kind of. But hey, I'll, I'll take a run like that any day, even if he doesn't oh, get yeah. in the end. Like, oh, yeah. Dude, we have I not. Do, I don't remember. Is, is that the only like long yeah. run like that David Montgomery's had? Like, what do you consider long? Like 30 and over? Yeah. Like 30 <laughs> yeah. and over? Like, yes. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure. Yes. <laughs> I know it's fair. So leading into this game, David Montgomery has gone for week one versus Detroit, 64 yards. Week two versus the Giants, 82. Week three, Atlanta, 45. Week four, Indianapolis, 27. Week five, Tampa Bay, 29. And last week versus Carolina, 58 yards. So, I mean, this is where we're at. David Montgomery fantasy owners, man, I'm sorry. I Loki, he's he's keep. I'm a David Montgomery fantasy over, and he's keeping us alive because he gets the receptions. So if you're right. a PPR, he's actually a valuable play. Um, for some reason, it's like you look at the box where you see 28 yards rushing. You're like, how the hell does this guy have 15 fantasy points? Like it makes no <laughs> sense. Um, well, uh, and Lamar Miller's not eligible to play this week, is he? I mean, I haven't heard anything about that. I don't know what's no. going on with that, but I'm assuming we're not going to see Lamar Miller, right? Yeah, I I haven't yeah. heard anything about I that. Like feels believe. like feels like they've just been super quiet about that. Yeah, like what you you think they'd be eager to get him, you know, yeah. out on the field. I mean, that's exactly where you need the help. Cordell Patterson clearly isn't any type of answer. Why aren't they, you know, saying, "All right, let's get Lamar whenever we can." I mean, I don't understand that. Yeah, I I I thought he would be be playing by now, honestly. Um, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. I it's just the fact that they've been silent about it almost kind of worries me. Um, cause but what you know, would that apply? I mean, I guess maybe he's just not ready. Not ready. Yeah. I yeah. mean, maybe, I mean, he, he didn't start the year on a team, correct? Yeah, he yeah. yeah so, that's true. So they yeah. maybe are just trying to get him up to speed on the playbook, yeah. trying to get him in shape, uh, get him, uh, conditioned appropriately, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that maybe, uh, maybe yeah. after the buy, Two more weeks? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I, I feel Seahawks like there'd be the no 15? point. Yeah, there'd be no point to bring him back. Oh shit, I'm an idiot. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Rams schedule like it's dumb. Seahawks. I'm oh. so stupid. Shit, we gotta play the Seahawks? Yeah. yeah I'm I think the Bears so are better dumb. than Seahawks. I think the Bears are better than Seahawks. Yeah. Idiot. You, um, hey, you are an idiot. Figure it out of it. Yeah. Eh, okay. <laughs> no, no. Okay. No. This game and three more until the bye week. Yeah. So yeah. that's probably too okay. long. But I, I mean, I, two weeks maybe sounds right. Two weeks, yeah, yeah, that does sound about right. I'd say. Um, but for the over under, 
40 yards. Back to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'll go over, man. That number is just a little That's... low. It, it's hard. Like, I, I don't even know, man. I really don't even know. Like, I, I, I have no analysis. That number just feels so damn low. And they, I think David Montgomery's better than his stats have showed. Um, so I'll, I'll go over. Listen, I'll go guys. Over. I'm starting to get a little bit pissed off, though, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, I, I sure you can call me the Artavis Pierce guy. You can, you know, I'm the biggest Artavis Pierce defender on Bears Twitter. I'll, I'll, our, and all Bears Nation. I'll, I'll live up to that. I'm a Artavis Pierce guy. I saw him play uh, back in college. I mean, I, I, I like Artavis Pierce. Okay, but what to me, uh, in all seriousness, to me, what like, why not give some of those guys another chance, like another opportunity, like even Ryan Nall. Like I don't love Ryan Nall at all, but like, why not give him another no, opportunity? No. I mean, I don't. I see no, but this is what I don't understand. I mean, what, what, why not? Like you, you have the opportunity to bring something else to the table dave montgomery is getting you 29 rushing yards a game uh-huh. at least in a in a, fir- a first down moment a first down moment uh you have a lead or something at least give somebody else a chance that's not cordell paris or dave montgomery what's the argument against that because to me it's at the lowest of the low because yeah. it hasn't worked before the, the you, argument, you tried it, the, it didn't work the, here, here, here. i 100% agree with artavis pierce he 100% yeah okay good a look Maybe but, I was but, stretching but, with Ryan Nall. But, yeah. Uh, Ryan Nall, let me tell you why he shouldn't get carries. It's because he sucks. That's why he shouldn't <laughs> get carries. Okay? Like, that guy is the most – like, I'm sorry, man. Like, every time the – anytime you see the ball is about to go to Ryan Nall, like, I just – I just shut my TV off for a play in the t- – <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, no, I mean, like, in all seriousness, like, I 100% do agree, like, what do you really have to lose with playing Artavis Pierce right now? I like, feel like nothing. But but to kind of play devil's advocate, um, like I, I think we we know like we know it's because of the O line more than anything, and that's why I feel like you know what is what would someone like Ryan Nall really do? You know what I mean? Like the holes aren't going to be there, and Ryan Nall's not that explosive <laughs> guy that's going to burst through holes. Either. Okay, look, look, I the whole Ryan Nall thing. I was just trying to bring up another running back. <laughs> Ryan Nall shouldn't get carries, but like I didn't want to just like be the Artavis Pierce lover. You know what I mean? Like I want <laughs> to get somebody another shout out. But I do, like I do. Do you know what I, you know what I'm saying though? Like you obviously yeah. understand what I'm saying. Like 28 yards, shit's not working. You know, give another guy a chance. I mean, what do you have to lose, man? Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I, I mean, like again, we also, it's not like Cordell Patterson's that guy to to switch it up. We know what we have out of him. We know the, I mean, we should know the situations to use him and when not to use him in. Uh, but Artavis Pierce is just out here active every week, sitting on the bench, not getting, not even coming in on special teams or anything. And, you know, give it a try. I mean, you never like, like I feel like this could be. What happens oftentimes is players get injured. I'm not saying Dave Montgomery is going to get injured. But players get injured, the backup comes in, and all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, diamond in the rough. This guy was good, and we never even gave him a chance. It happens time and time again. So if I were the coach, if I were Matt Nagy, if I were Bill Lazor, I would at least give him a chance. At least give him yeah. a chance. Jake, you haven't spoken in a while. Uh, I don't know if you're an Artavis Pierce lover or hater and what's your thoughts on that. but No, I'm, I'm just – I'm indifferent. I mean, yeah, sure, if you want to throw a different look, but – I just think you can't afford to throw that many different people there until you get your actual number one guys going. You know, I, I don't think until the offensive line has some consistency until you have guys who can actually consistently open up those holes, you don't have the privilege of being able to run three, 
four different looks out there. You have to stick with David Montgomery because he's a guy that can stay up and get those three yard gains because you've seen it. So uh, stick with what you know instead of, you know, maybe Artavis Pierce goes out there, but if he gets blown up by Aaron Donald because the <laughs> offensive line can't block and he loses a fumble, then what are you going to do? So, and that's nothing against Artavis Pierce. It's just, it's more against the offensive line. I think, I think if you're going to try that, Aaron Donald against a porous offensive line is not the time to try that. What I have a question for you guys. What's more likely, or maybe what, what do you think would be more successful for the Bears and Dave Montgomery? Him being a true number one running back or the Bears running by committee? Like, what do you think is better for the Bears? Because I'm at the point where I'd rather just have a run by committee. I mean, I, I like Dave Montgomery. He's a great pass catcher. He's a good runner. I, I just don't see him as that number one back, as that face of the offense, number one back. And I don't know if I'm wrong about that. Uh, that's just kind of way. That's just kind of the way I see it right now. And that may change. That may very well change. Um, but I think the Bears could be better served just, you know, running a little bit by committee. And I, there's nothing wrong with that. But people are afraid. Again, people are so afraid to admit that because they think that just means Dave Montgomery's a failure, wasted draft pick, write him off. That's not the case. That's not what I'm saying. I just think the Bears could be better. I mean, I don't know if it's possible here with Lamar Miller and Artavis Pierce, uh, but we will never know that. But I, I think the Bears could be better served as like a run by committee team. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just don't think we have the personnel for it right now. Yes, that's what I'm. Yeah. Yeah, but but I mean, yeah, like moving forward, I don't see why. Like, I think we need a who's a who's a running back in college. Like, we we need that explosive running back to complement um, yes, David exactly. Montgomery. And I'm not talking about a Tariq Cohen type of guy. I'm talking about a guy who can run between the tackles, who's just blazing quick. That's like Artavis um, Pierce a little bit though, man. Like that. Yeah, that's kind of what yeah. he does. That's what I'm yeah. saying. No, no, I, I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Like, that's kind of the, the type of guy I feel like would be um, beneficial for the Bears. Um, you know, that, that like, I'm trying to think of a of a running back right now in college that's realistic for the Bears. But, I mean, like, Travis Etienne, all these guys are not mm-hmm. going to, they're not going to be Chicago Bears. But, um, like, do you guys get what I'm trying to say? Like, yes, yes, that, exactly. Just that, that. It kind of like a the opposite player of David Montgomery, but a guy who can still run between the tackles. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 No, I was I was gonna keep it moving. Move on to our next segment. Yeah. Yeah. But, we're good. Well, yeah. I actually. Uh, oh yeah, we're done with over unders. We're good. Yeah. We're, yeah. yeah. Okay. Jake let's do our uh, let's do our bold predictions. Uh, I did hint yeah. at mine being Cole Komet related. Uh, and you know what? I think Kevin mentioned it. The slight increase. I think the touchdown catch helps him a lot. Gives him a lot of credibility. I think Cole Komet either starts or gets as many, if not more, snaps than Jimmy Graham. Wow. wow. More than Jimmy Graham? It, it, wow. The same, if not more. Yeah. Okay. Uh, wow. I mean, I mean, that would be something. It really would. I don't. I, I, I will. And let me explain my reasoning baby. here. It's a bold prediction. I, I mean, this, this is my reasoning here. I think that the touchdown catch showed a lot. I think that showed that they trust him in the red zone and tight spots, obviously. I think that he's ready for more action, possible starting action, because, you know, Jimmy Graham, we've talked about on previous episodes. He's not that guy that's going to split the seam anymore. He's not the guy you're going to send on a vertical route anymore. Cole Komet is that. That's why you drafted him. You wanted him to be that guy that could be what Adam Shaheen was supposed to be, be that threat down the middle, down the field, that big target. And I think Komet being more involved last uh, week 
you know, getting up into the upper 40s, I think Komet is showing enough progression where it's time. I mean, like I said earlier, this Rams secondary isn't what it used to be. Jalen Ramsey is going to be focused solely on Allen Robinson, and obviously Darnell Mooney has proven himself to be a threat. I think Cole Komet is ready to see some action and announce to the rest of the league that, hey, I'm ready to be a reliable, maybe in the future, top tight end in this league. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, how nice would that be, huh? Yeah, how nice would that be after the five weeks of everyone climbing a bust after five games? Those whoever those people were should should die. Uh, 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 I don't know what that was all about. Uh, I'll go. Um, mine's like this is the, this is like the boldest you could possibly get. Um, Khalil Mack scores a touchdown. Ooh. Yes, I said it. I wow. said it. Um, I, I I'm thinking like we're we're talking inside the ten yard line. Pat O'Donnell been actually pretty damn good this year at pinning guys. I think he's pinning guys inside the 20 at like 46 rate, a 46% rate. Uh, that's pretty damn good. Shout out to our boy, Patty OD. Uh, also shout out to Patrick Scales for, you know, getting those snaps right. You know what I'm saying? But uh, inside the 10-yard line, they pin him. They're down there. Khalil Mack just gets after uh, – he, he, he virtually takes the ball out of Jared Goff's hand and just runs into the end zone. That's what I'm kind of envisioning here. He's a different player on prime time. Um, he, he's due for a touchdown. I just oh, I just want it so bad, and I think it's going to happen. <laughs> Khalil Mack scores a touchdown. Now, I understand there is no sportsbook prop on that, but whatever it – if if there is I I mean if there was we're probably talking plus five thousand plus plus no 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 more than that right we probably talking like like eight thousand eight thousand um so yeah Kalimax was a touchdown I'm going bold today all right well I have a very similar one to yours Kevin all right. um I think not Eddie Jackson but to Sean Gibson Ooh. pick six. Takes one back to the crib. Um, I Look, I think teams know what Eddie Jackson is about. Um, so I think it's going to be – I actually think it's going to be very hard for him to score. I know he's done it already and has been called back. But, like, I just don't know how many more opportunities he's going to get, which kind of makes those callbacks suck even more. Um, because I think teams know what Eddie Jackson is about. Teams know what, you know, his strengths. Um, so I think they're going to – you know, try to go target to Sean Gibson and to Sean Gibson, I feel like has been just a, a godsend for the bears. I really do. I think he's been, you know, I don't think anybody's really talking about it that much, but you know, I feel like he's been very, 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 very good. Um, in my opinion, I think he's kind of playing like how Adrian Amos was in 2018, um, honestly, mm-hmm. but with, with a little bit better ball skills. Um, so yeah, I'm going to Sean Gibson with a pick six in this game. I like all it. Right. Those are, I mean, those are all pretty. I mean, so, so our bold, bold predictions in the ba- in the past have been a little bit based Modest. in reality or scaled, but these, yeah. I think, all three of these are pretty, pretty shoot for the stars. So I'm, I'm for it. I'm here for yeah. it. And um, wait, oh, real quick, real quick, I just word. wanted to talk about this. Um, like, okay, I don't think people are talking about this enough, and I'm, and I don't get why. Like, Riley Ridley. Okay, can we please just talk about this for just one second? This was a guy drafted in the fourth round. You expect guys like that to be contributing. This guy can't even get active, guys. He can't even get active. Like, what do you guys think is going on with this? Because I feel like like, this is another situation where it's just, you know, they've kept quiet about it and no one really knows what's going on. So I just wanted to hear your guys' thoughts. Well, um, 
I mean, I don't think he's going to be a Chicago Bear next year. I think that is unfortunately the reality. I mean, guys, I mean, well, Chris is right. I mean, what the hell are we doing here? I mean, if, you know, I don't know. Well, the problem is, well, the main problem, there's many problems. The main problem is the transparency about this situation. Uh, you know, no one, like you said, no one has even a, a hint, a clue at, at what's going on. Um, but like you mentioned, I mean, this this guy was supposed to come in and be productive. And I don't want to, I'm not ready to say that it's all on the coaching staff that he's a healthy scratch. I mean, I do think, you know, you can either place the blame on two sides of this. You can say, well, Riley really is just simply not a good player who wasn't ready. Or you could say, well, the coaching staff is ignorant and they're not willing to put him in there. Um, I think it's a little bit of both. And if that's the case, I mean, this was a fourth round player and this should be regarded as you know i don't want to say it, but i think it should be regarded as a bust i mean you draft players in a championship window to be contributors for that time period you know that that is what you do when you're in a championship window and the time he was in he was drafted i mean that was you know supposed to be a championship window so i don't i i i know it's a bold position to say he's not going to be with the bears but what reason do i believe that he's even going to ever you know get a start for the bears for the rest of the year and maybe in the future i mean it's just baffling it's concerning um, and I, I almost at this point don't really care. I, I mean, I, like what, you know, yeah. you know, what, what yeah. whatever, I mean, whatever we we've lived this long without him. It's not like a missing piece to our offense. Who's going to change the game as much as I would like to have him. Uh, this is just, you know, the way it is and, you know, so be it. Yeah. Um, I, Jay, I, we, just, we, just, go ahead. Just, just real quick, uh, real quick before, like, do you guys remember him at all? Like, has he played at all this year? Yeah, he played again. Oh, this year? No, yeah. no, no. I don't he's think been so. Inactive I, think, every game. I think he's been active and, every week. And that's okay. And that kind of leads me to my next point. He played a little bit last year as a rookie. Yeah. So, like, I just don't like that's the part that's not really making sense to me. Like, if he didn't play at all last year and then this year he continued to not play, I'd, I'd be like, okay, that kind of, you know, makes a little more sense. He probably just sucks. Mm. But it, <laughs> it's like, dude, he played a little bit last year in, in you know, his rookie year when we know. Matt Nagy doesn't really like to play his rookies, but now in his second year, he can't even get active. Like, like there's, there has to be something like that's going, I, I don't know. I, I don't really like to speculate, but Jake, I'll, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, no, I mean, I think we talked about it at some point this season. I remember it coming up, mm-hmm. like he just must not be getting it. I mean, whatever it is, he's either just not getting the concepts or he's not clicking with foals maybe. Um, and he just can't get on the he field. He wasn't he's clicking just- with Mitch either. Yeah, so either just something's wrong there. He's not on the same page as the coaches or or either of the quarterbacks. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's why. I mean, that's why you see. I mean, that's why you see Darnell Mooney's out there now, and that's why you see Anthony Miller still out there. And this is just the reality of the situation at this point. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not a bear. So, yeah, it's wow. it's yeah. I mean, the thing, like, you, uh, there's people who, I don't know, some crazy people make the argument, well, it's a crowded wide receiver room. Are you kidding me? Ted Ginn has one catch this year. Javon Wims has two catches this year. I mean, there there's no excuses for him that the, that the competition yeah. above him is just better. Like, that's not a Come, valid excuse. No, like, no. there is room there to take that job. Um, and he's not doing it or, and it's not like, and this is the reason why I say, I don't think it's on the coaching is Matt Nagy. I mean, I, I, as much as, you know, people are critical of him, I think he's smart enough to understand that Javon Williams and Ted Ginn just simply aren't going to be contributors to this offense. They're not, they're not going to be large contributors to this offense. They're not players that you're just hoping are going to pop off at one time. Uh, you know, I don't know, man, I'm just waiting for the, I'm just waiting for the Javon Williams three touchdown game. I'm just waiting for the Ted Ginn 100 yard game. Uh, that, that's not, you know, we see the kind of the ceiling for those two players players at this current state of time um so I, I don't think that's a fair argument so 
It, it is interesting. And now it, this kind of leads into something I've wanted to talk about. I think I texted you guys about it. I mean, I think the Bears should make a move for a wide receiver at the deadline. Um, I don't know if Antonio Brown should be a Chicago Bear. That's going to be something that's going to be brought up uh, many times before uh, his suspension is deactivated or whatever. But um, I think maybe, well, we say John Ross, who they said is on the block from the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, I do think they need somebody else. I do think they need another threat because not only are whims and again, you know what you're getting out of them. You almost are at the point where you know what you're getting out of Anthony Miller. And that's not a lot. So I think it is almost a must that you need another wide receiver. And, you know, the one time, unless it's Antonio Brown, the only time that that can happen is before the deadline. So that's something to keep an eye on for sure um, as the Bears reach week eight. Just a little just a little tidbit real quick that I saw earlier today. Um, I don't know how true it is, but it, it just had me start thinking. Um, supposedly, supposedly, the Texans have made Will Fuller available. Yeah, what would you guys think that. about that? You do it. He, I mean, uh, he is. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. He, if you look at his number, I have him in fantasy. So I've, I mean, I've been kind of going out of my way to watch him a little bit. He has been phenomenal this year. Like, I'm not talking about just, like, if you look at his numbers, they look phenomenal. But just watching him play, like, he looks like a completely different player right now. There's and, one problem with it. What? And the problem is he is a deep threat receiver who would be coming to a team without a deep threat quarterback. And I and I don't know if there's, I don't know if you can make the argument that he would, you know, incline Nick Foles to throw the ball more. But whether you like it or not, Deshaun Watson's one of the better deep throw ball, deep ball throwers yeah. in the NFL, and he gets a majority of his yards from those plays. So if the Bears aren't willing or capable to throw deep, then I don't know how valuable he is to but, the team. But again, there is the argument that he could change that. I, I, I the thing with with that is I, I don't think he's that one trick pony like John Ross is. Like I, I think he's he not is, completely one dimensional. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't believe he is, and that's why I feel like he would, he would help out. Um, but you are right. Like the majority of his, of his plays are, you know, those big chunk plays. So I, I have I a comment point. Go ahead, Jake. Darnell Mooney is a cheaper and younger Will Fuller. You have Will Fuller. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's fair. But dude, like I, I, mean, I, I'm I talked about this in our group that I don't want to give up any more future assets for, especially for someone who you probably have the better version of in a couple of years anyway. Oh, come on. Yeah, but, the, but on. listen, I don't know dude. If that's fair to say. That's not fair to say. That's not fair to say. If, if we're, saying, a good we're saying that Darnell Mooney is the younger and cheaper Will Fuller, which you both just agreed with me on, then yeah, it's fair to say he, that two years down the road, he's the younger it is and cheaper, entirely but he's, possible no. that Darnell Mooney is better than Will Fuller. It would take a lot, I think. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I just. I, I, maybe it's just how you view Will Fuller. I think he's a pretty damn good player. I don't um, think he's a bad player. I just think you have him already. You just got to be patient. Why give up a first well, round, second round pick for it? No, let's man. let's I, work through this, man. I, I mean, I, I, I like, man. I like. I, I think we need to be more aggressive, man. I agree. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, I just, I don't know. I, I, like, I'm with you, Jake. I'm with you on the on the you know future assets thing, but it's like, man, when you're in this window, like you almost are forced to, like you have to to to, to compete. No, you what, what you're to. forced to do is sign Quentin Spain, and you haven't even done yes. that yet. So when I but see the Bears problem. make a move that makes sense financially and that fills a hole, that's when I'll believe that a move for a Julio Jones or Antonio Brown or Will Fuller can be made. When no, I see no, them no, make you, the actual moves that need to be made. No, 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 you're right, and that's kind of what I'm saying with the aggressiveness thing. Like I, I don't, I'm not referring just to this wide receiver situation. Like I, Quentin Spain, like you said, like that, like that move. It, 
there's no excuse for that not to happen. Like, I'm sorry. There, there just isn't. <laughs> like, that dude is sitting right there. And you desperately. I'm sitting at home right now. What, what'd you say? Yeah. Sorry? Sitting at, home. sitting at home. Yeah, honestly. Like, and I just, man, like, that move makes so much sense that I know it won't happen. If that makes sense. <laughs> like, oh, man. Oh, man. What I was going to say is, um, you know, I, let's let's think about this here for a second, guys. I mean, as much as we love Darnell Mooney, your wide receivers, too, is putting up like 40 yards per game, 50 yards per game. And, Dar- and, and hey, that's good for a rookie fifth rounder. But kind of take that out of context and look at what your wide receiver, too. I'm, yes, I'm saying Darnell Mooney is the wide receiver, too. And I don't think it's wrong for me to say that. Um, but look what like that's not the production you even want from wide receiver, too, as good as he's been. And as, as much as he has exceeded expectations and it's great for a rookie fifth rounder. But. Your wide receiver two needs to be doing more than that. Uh, and I'm not saying Darnell Mooney should be doing more. I'm, again, saying that you need to have a wide receiver two who is more productive. So the Bears 100%, I'm almost on the point where they should 100% go out there and find a wide receiver. Because Allen Robinson can't do this all alone, man. I mean, he, he simply can't. Sure, the tight ends are getting more production than they were last year. But the other question I want to pose to you is, you know, we, we kind of have the speed guy. Will Fuller is the speed guy. Allen Robinson, I guess you could say, is the possession you can go up and get it. If they are targeting a wide receiver, who exactly are they targeting? A guy who can just make plays, a guy who's good underneath, a guy who's a deep threat. You know, what would be the most valuable to this team? Because once we start breaking down the guys who are actually available around the trade deadline, the guys who they can pick up, we have to consider who would be best suited for this offense given the current personnel that they have. Julio. Julio. Oh, you could say that about 30 teams in the NFL, Chris. <laughs> Julio. Man, I don't know. You guys know. You guys know. I love Julio, man. That's my guy, man. Well, what you know, Anthony Miller for Julio straight up. Well, how did the Falcons say no to that? Who says no? Say, who who says, says no? I really want to know because if you have an argument against no, I mean, I think you're crazy. So uh, the Falcons say no because if they're gonna blow it up, they're gonna want picks. They're not gonna want a second round bust. <laughs> you think I, you think you think anyone in the right man would trade Julio Jones for Anthony Miller? And I mean, oh my God, dude. I mean, that would be the worst. It would go down as the worst trade in NFL history before it even panned out. Are you kidding me? No, I'm yeah, serious. It'd be like a, that'd be like a Chris Paul to the Lakers however many years ago. Like the commissioner would have to get involved. Yeah, yeah. Veto. Like, oh, wait. The Bears are going to be good on offense? That can't happen. Veto. <laughs> <laughs> you can't allow that. No, 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 no. <laughs> Oh, All right, let's God. wrap this up with score predictions. Uh, the spread is six in the Rams' favor, as we said earlier. Uh, but I think we all feel confident in this game. I think the Bears is a very, very winnable game. Um, I'm going to say Bears win this 24-14. Wow, that's high scoring, man. Holy, you know, Jesus, man. We had to come out here hot with the 24 points. Uh, my goodness gracious! I'm going 17. Jeez, scaring, scaring me a little bit, Jake. We just got, we, we got, uh, we got a, we're just back-to-back weeks of at least 20, 20, 23. We're only going up. We don't say the words over 20 points here in Chicago, right, Jake? Um, I'm, I'm going, I'm, <laughs> I'm playing. Around. I'm going 17, 13 Bears. I, I do think this is a low-scoring game. Um, I think if you're a better, you got to bet Bears spread here. The fact that it's six is baffling to me. The Bears are a better football team. They've got the better defense. They've got the worst offense, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter uh, if the other team has the better offense because Cleo Max going to do his thing. The Bears defense is going to do their thing. They're going to go out there on Monday night. Once again, an opportunity uh, in the national limelight to show them who they are. Um, and they're not going to show anybody that they're a good offensive team. They're going to going to continue to show people that you don't want to come to Chicago in January. And they're going to prove that more than ever on Monday night Bears 17-13 win. Um, mine's pretty similar to Kevin's. Um, I'm going to go 2013 Bears. Um, 
I think the Bears win by a touchdown. I don't think it's going to be, um, you know, I don't think it's going to be a game. It's going to be a pretty back and forth game, I'd say. But I don't think the Bears, um, I don't think the Rams will ever truly pose a threat in this game. Um, so, yeah, 2013 Bears for me. All right. Beautiful. We're all taking the Bears. Shocking, I know, on a show called Bears Nation Podcast. <laughs> but uh, that's just the way the news goes, baby. So we're all taking Bears win. We're all expecting them to go 6-1. and one. Very beatable team. So, yeah, I mean, let's do it. And please, God, sign Quentin Spain on Monday. Jesus. Um, and, and trade for Julio. Sure. It, I'm not as confident about that one, but sure, we'll we'll roll with that. Miller and um, cheese sandwich for Julio. <laughs> we all predict a Bears win. So that'll wrap it up for this show. Thank you, as always, for listening to Bears Nation podcast. We'll be back next week to recap the Bears, probably, hopefully, win over the Rams and give you all the breakdowns of that. So, as always, thank you for listening. Go to Manscaped. Use our code SHYCHI for that 20% off and free shipping. Uh, You know, help us pay some bills around here. But, again, thank you for listening. And, as always, bear down. Bear down. Bear down. Let's go.